Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the f*** up. <laughs> You're listening to Believe You Me with Michael the Count Bisbing you know my name yet? and Anthony Lionheart-Smith. Believe you me, Anthony Smith. You are back. You just walked in. Mm-hmm. Welcome home to the United States of America. But we've got to ask the yeah. first question of the show. What intonation happened with the wake-up? Yeah, I knew. I fucking knew this. I knew you were going to ask. I knew this. I thought maybe we could make it through it without talking about it. But it's got to be the first question. But everyone's asking. They're already people are dicks. And I'll let you talk because obviously this is your subject. But people are quick. There's something about human nature. They love to kick a man while he's down. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I'm assuming there's no one more pissed off at you than yourself. You know, I mean, of course, I'm sure there's going to be circumstances reasons and things like that but of course i'm sure you didn't go down there planning to not make weight so you're pissed off but a lot of people have been pricks in the comments uh but go on what happened mate but i I can't really i can't even tell you what happened because no matter what i say there's a reason there's a there's a lot of shit that goes on behind the scenes that nobody sees uh i was in shape i was really low a couple weeks ago um and and shit happens, and it, but I have no excuses. I had a job. Mm-hmm. I had to go down and make weight, um, to to be the alternate if something happened. To be fair, I was still there. I was still ready to fight if something happened and someone had to pull out. I still would have fought. I just wouldn't have been eligible to win the title. Um, but I, I don't have any. I have no excuses. I've been an absolute asshole about people missing weight. You got one job. You got to show up on weight. Exactly. Like, that's the easiest part of the of the job, right? So I. I stand by everything I've ever said about everybody else that you have to make weight, uh, that it's not an option and, and, and I'll accept whatever shit's coming my way. It doesn't change my perspective. There's, there's no shit else. coming your way. Number one, the, the extent of the shit that's coming your way is wow. Yeah. Tap, 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 tap. <laughs> yeah. Anthony Smith, as if he went down to Brazil and didn't even make weight. Wow. And he has the audacity to lecture about fighters on a podcast. Wow. That's and I'm still going to do it. I'm still yeah, going to do yeah. it. If the next person that misses weight, I'm going to say something about it because everyone else is coming at me. They're in the, they're in the comments. They're on Twitter. They're talking shit. I'll eat it. I'll eat it. Yeah. You know what? I missed. But there's nothing else missed, you can do. I, I, some shit happened. I fucked up. I missed eat weight. that shit. I'll eat that shit. I'll take that L. Eat but when that it happens, shit. When it happens to someone How's else. How's that shit taste, Anthony? <laughs> it is what it is. Like, it's not because it wasn't for lack of effort. No, it wasn't for lack of effort. You know, I spent no, 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 48 straight hours weight. cutting weight. Like it's not, it wasn't a lack of effort. You guys didn't, no one see me on the scale looking <sighs> like I had an additional 20 pounds to lose. Like I, I got close, but it wasn't close enough and that's my fault and it'll never happen again. I'll be the first one on the scale in my next fight and well, we'll be back. On, and I'm not like a serial weight misser. You know what I mean? Like 
it happens and, and it wasn't on purpose i apologize well to everyone well well, well, well too. one more time you'll be a serial white misser one more time that's what i mean one more time and, and <laughs> then a pattern starts again. forming um right. in in the words of a very famous fighter in the words of max holloway it is what it is it is what it is it is what it, it is. is what it is all right and i, talk, on, I had, had lots of conversations with, before we go on i guess i had lots of conversations with the ufc um to be honest, they understand. They they're not they weren't super happy about it. But once the fights went through and everything was fine, everybody was good. Uh, yeah, they know that I'm a professional. That that things in these and the things happen. And and again, I I offer no excuses. It's, it's that's that's on me. Well, well, it is what it is. And as you said, both guys made weight. Both guys were healthy, so it didn't impact anything. You know. Yeah. Okay. Granted, you went down there to be the backup. But whatever, whatever, moving on. We won't say what it is, but you've got a fight booked as well. Obviously, yeah, yeah. you'll probably make an announcement at some point, but I'm very, very mm -hmm. excited for you to hear that. So, ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Smith will be back in the octagon sometime soon, but we're not talking about that right now. But there is lots and lots and lots of storylines, of course. UFC 283, what a fantastic fight card at the weekend. We're just going to get straight into that main event. <sighs> Glover to share. I mean, I mean, who do you start with? I mean, obviously, Jamal Hill won the belt. Right, so it's that's the guy. He's the champion. A, a beautiful story. So emotional afterwards. The the emotion. The you know breaking down because of just what he achieved. I, I I was I don't know the guy nearly as well as you do. He's been on the show a couple of times now. I was so emotional for him. That's amazing. But we'll get to him in a minute. Let's just talk about Glover Teixeira. I want to give that man his respect. First of all, we all know one of the nicest guys. A class act. An absolute warrior, provided endless hours of entertainment and fought the best of the best. Saturday night, that respect went even higher. I will say this, I thought that it was weird, and this is what time does to people. You might look fine, you look fine, you look fine, then one time you step in the octagon, and all of a sudden it's like he's aged overnight. I thought he looked like an older fighter on Saturday night, and I'm, I'm not being disrespectful, just an observation, and certainly not taking away from Jamal. But the heart that he showed, the beating that he took, and then to continue to still be threatening, have his best moments in the fifth round, when the referee was this close to stopping the fight. Oh my God, what a legend! Yeah, Mike, there was looks like there looked like there was conversations being had with coaches and the referee before the fifth round even started. They, yep. I, I think there was some some discourse. It didn't. It seemed like. Some of the coaches wanted to continue and some of them did not. So um, I don't know the whole dynamics there and how that all works, but Glover was clear that he was ready to fight. Um, and the, the, just the arena was electric, absolutely electric, man. The, they, they loved him. They, they loved the Brazilians. And it was, like I said, it was the first time I'd been able to sit and watch a card in a long time. And it was, it's been a while since I've been around for a, I don't know, for a fight that, that was so... It, it was just so loud. They were so hyped for for Glover and and just some of the shots he was taking. You know that he'd gotten dropped at one point, I think in the fourth, and he was up against the fence. Jamal was in half guard, just raining elbows, and and you know it, it was. I couldn't believe that he was able to come back from that. Like you could almost see him biding his time too. Like he was taking some big shots, and he kept sitting up to the leg and sitting up to like he was still threatening, even being as hurt as he was. It. I don't know how he does it. I don't know. I don't know. Do you know, how he did do you know it. what my favorite bit was? It was the end of the fourth round. Goddard was in there. I think Hackleman was calling for the fight to be called off because mm -hmm. Hackleman's been with him 
this whole journey, you know, right. and he knows, look, listen, you're, you're probably not going to win this fight. This is your final fight. You're retiring after this one. Let's not, you know, guarantee CTE down the line. <laughs> you know, let, 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 let's yeah. call this a day. But even after all that and the blood pouring out of his face, he's like, come on, let's go, baby. Yeah. Right. This man right here, what a guy. He's goddamn crazy. <laughs> he's crazy. Man, he looks so world. bad. He looks so bad in the hotel afterwards, too. It was, oh, really? I wanted to talk to him. He didn't look too good on TV. No, he looked real bad in the hotel afterwards. But I, I wanted to talk to him really bad. But his wife doesn't really like me. Um, oh, really? And no, well, I, I think it's just it's his wife. And we have fought before. So I, I, I think there's some. She's, eh, fuck that guy. I think know? she's very quiet as well. Because I she met is. for the first time. And I said hi. And she's, you know, she's I met her probably once, a little shy. Yeah. Very sweet, very sweet lady. But yeah, yeah. Um, and then there was an altercation right after the fight, and and I don't mean oh, to really? throw anybody under the bus, and I don't even know if I I I haven't even told Jamal this. Um, Tell me the but, story. Tell us the stories. Tell the believers the story. Okay, Just do so, it. It's out there. People know. It's all over the the Rio de Janeiro Express. I mean, it's, it's not. I I don't even know. I don't even know who it is enough to even throw him under the bus. But there was a person that was in Jamal and his crew of people very very respectful super respectful people like they shake hands they bow to people like jamal his team and and his family members and he had a a guy from the nfl that was with him there was a guy from uh the red tv the 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 kind of youtube tiktok sensation um super respectful people but there was one guy and i don't know who he was i think he was extremely drunk and after jamal wins um the belt hasn't even put on him yet but it's clear who's going to win this fight it's um, Glover's wife, his sister, and like a couple other like older ladies. And they're sitting in the front row, right in front of me to the right. And the, one of them was just, he was excited. I get it. But he was screaming, that belt's coming back to America, like kind of in their face. Like, I don't even know that he knew who they were. I think he was just speaking to like Brazilians, but it happened to be right in front of Glover's wife. And then mm. he looks over at me and says, Anthony. You help with this shit. You helped him. This this is this is you too. And I was just like, oh, I don't, don't want to be a part of Awkward. this. Yeah, I don't want to be a part of this. Like, I, uh, I, what I did for Jamal wasn't in spite of Glover. It, no. it wasn't like, I, I, and me, you made it, that abundantly clear. Yeah, many it wasn't times. me and Jamal versus Glover. It was Jamal asked, and I've always had a, an incredible relationship with Jamal and his management team, and and so like. I just, they asked and I said, yes. And, and we vibe, we get along. We're, we're similar in ages. We both got 97 kids. Like we're just similar. You know what I mean? And, but it wasn't because I didn't like Glover. I wanted him to beat Glover. I just, he asked and I saw, and so I did it. And it was kind of like, I was helping a friend, but um, then I felt in that moment, very uncomfortable because it was almost like that guy was pulling me into his bullshit. And then yeah. like Glover's wife looked at me and like, I, that's not how it was. Like, it wasn't like that, you know? So I just, I just turned away and looked away. You know, I was uncomfortable. So nah, then in the hotel, I then I seen him and I wanted to go say hi and give him a hug and tell him how much I respected him and give him his due. But he was with his wife and I didn't want to like cause any issues. So I just yeah. walked away. Well, I'm sure Glover knows. And I'm sure his wife knows as well that that's not the case. The problem is, you know, with fighters, because we are, you know, we're a certain type of person. You know what I mean? And our friends might be a certain type of way. Not everybody, but I yeah. have a broad section of friends. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Some of those friends might get a little bit crazy. Certainly my mates back home, geez Louise, right? right? And 
there's always a couple of rowdy ones. And certainly when you get some alcohol in them as well. Like I remember my first ever professional fight, 2003, I think it was. And, you know, it's your first ever fight, right? I smoked the guy. I think it was 39 seconds. It was a knockout. But the guy is a lovely guy, right? And afterwards, because the show's still going on. It's my first ever fight. So I'm like down on the prelims or some shit, right? Afterwards, we're watching the fights and I'm at the bar getting a drink and there he is at the bar. And he's a lovely guy. You know what I mean? So we're just chit-chatting away. And one of my mates bounces over, wasted. Ah, your shit. You got annihilated. Ah, you should be embarrassed. I'm like, what are you doing, you asshole? Do you know what I mean? At least right. he had the... And, and they think in their minds that they're supporting you. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Or supporting Jamal or whatever it is. But they're just, they're just drunk. They're carried away. And sometimes they don't understand how insensitive they're being. But I'm sure I'm listen, Glover. I got I got friends like that. I got a, my best friend while the fight week while I was getting ready to fight John Jones was just coming at John Hart. Like yeah. every chance we got. <laughs> hey John, fuck you. <laughs> I was yeah, like, Dude, yeah. Chill. Which is awesome. It's, yeah, Which it's is awesome, awesome in a way. Though. He still would yeah. too. He still would. And it's he and just, I, I was I gonna say it. I'm sure Glover's got it. thick skin, but I'm not sure anymore because it looks like half of his face was hanging off by the end of it. I'm gonna Man, say he's got thicker skin open. than that, but yeah, not anymore. Those things were open. Hey, God bless. Thank you to Glover yeah. Teixeira for all the congratulations and everything you brought. On an incredible and Jamal career. Hill. Jamal Hill. I thought Jamal Hill, if he was going to win that fight, he had to catch him and knock him out. Put him to sleep. Like he has done a lot of people with that signature power that he's known for. I did not expect him to defend the takedowns time after time after time, to be the better guy on the feet, to be pushing the pace, to be cool, calm, collected, composed. Um, and just and just be controlling the fight. I didn't expect him to be able to push hard for five rounds. And even though Glover on occasion, certainly in the fifth round, took him down, mounted him to be able to reverse positions like that as well. I mean, Jamal Hill passed the test with flying colors. Of course, he's the champion of the world. But he showed, A, that he has evolved. He's got better. He's a complete mixed martial artist. He's a goddamn champion of the world. Congratulations. Man, I told you guys. People thought I was crazy. They're like, there is oh, no way. There is no way that Jamal's going to grapple. I said, listen, his best chance to win is to stay on his feet, obviously. But I, th I think Kevin Ioli called me like Saturday morning and wanted to know, like, well, how's this going to go? And I said, I, clear as day. He's going to be harder to take down than people think. And he's going to be harder to hold down than people think. He is a fast learner. And I said, I think I said that part on here. He is a fast learner. If you show him something once, he he will he'll have it right away and and everything that I'd seen him drill everything that they worked on his his jujitsu coach um it, it, it was Chad and Justin and and all the people around him they just worked and that fight looked exactly like every one of his training sessions it, he it, he may have just had a breakout moment where he had the performance of a lifetime I mean even the the stuff on the fence you know fighting to the frame and then when Glover would go to take his back turn the frame to an underhook to push off. I've seen him do that a hundred times, just training. Like they, I, I think that there is so much film on Glover out there that it was easy to to kind of formulate a game plan with Jamal's strengths and where his weaknesses are and kind of hide them. Mm -hmm. um, for the type of wrestler that Glover is, it, it worked really well in in Jamal's favor. For you know, he went to the single leg, wanted to come to the body lock, and Jamal was ready for that. They trilled it over and over and over. I, he didn't do anything that was surprising to me. It just it, it, everything that he had planned on doing, he did. Well, Jamal. The surprising I mean, part was look that, at him. that Glover was able to take the shots. 
to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, Glover's tough as all boots. I mean, he did it. Glover was doing a really good job of rolling with the shots mm-hmm. and, and not allowing them, a lot of them, to connect flush. They were more glancing blows because the way he was rolling with them. But Glover to share it afterwards. What a beautiful moment. Beautiful moment. I mean, listen, the man broke down in pure emotion, pure tears of joy. But it's not only tears of joy when you've been through something like that. It's the road. It's the journey, it's the adversity, it's people telling you can't do it, where he comes from. People aren't supposed to achieve such great things. And you can resonate, I can resonate. You know, I thought he was going to drop out the old conceive, believe, achieve sign. Uh, you know <laughs> what I mean? It, it, it was an amazing, incredible moment. And, you know, to see what it meant to him, his whole team. I mean, just, I couldn't be happier for the man. He truly deserved it. He was by far the better man. Uh, yeah. What's your take? I I was sad for Glover at the end because so many the arena was almost empty. I know. Like they got they just got I mean, I get it. The car they're, parks, they're, bro. The car yeah, parks. They were the, a nightmare in Brazil. They are. I mean, it was bad. It was a rough it was a rough trip to get back to the hotel, but I just thought that maybe they would stay and 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 at least give him his his great send off. Shogun got an incredible send off. You know, they just cheered him all the way out. And, and I was hoping that Glover would get that. But I, I mean, I get it. Maybe they didn't understand he was going to retire right then and there. But they were leaving during Jamal's speech. So, yeah, yeah. This, uh, that part was sad. That part was sad. Do you know what the best bit was, though? For, again, for Glover to share forever the legend. I mean, his final words, some of the final words he ever said in the Octagon was like, hey, listen, don't be throwing beer bottles. Don't disrespect him. He's the champion. And I'm going to walk him out here. That mm-hmm. was just the classiest so thing cool. ever because because obviously we had Brandon Moreno running for his <laughs> goddamn life, you know, <laughs> getting Modelo all over the place. Took me back to Mexico City where Brandon Brandon Fitzgerald's <laughs> hiding under the desk. Brandon, yeah. we do not hide under desk, brother. We don't, Brandon. Uh, but my God, well done, well done. But Brian, do me a favor, play the video of Yuri Prahashka. Right? Oh my God, my body's ready. I, love I don't this. know. Have you seen this video? Yes, I love it. This is the best thing on planet Earth. The best thing ever. Yuripahash is out there. He's in the forest. In, in, hold, hold on. He's in the forest. He's walking around like a madman. In it's the snowy. snow. It's minus 10. He's got no warm clothes on. He's hunting for prey. All he's thinking about is fights. He's like some kind of character out of like, I don't know, like the Mad Axe Man or something, wandering through the, the forest of Czechoslovakia and Prague. Looking to murder people. He's a psycho. Press play. Congratulations. I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> that is so badass. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah. But he's genuine. He's genuinely yeah. out of his mind. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be back in time to be the next challenger. I hope so. If not, before we move on to the co-main event, who do you think would be the next in line? Did you hear anything down in Brazil? I didn't hear anything. I don't know. sounds like there's a lot of people that are just kind of waiting. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it ain't going to be Paul Craig, is it? I know. Damn it. I had a uh, a moment with him in the hotel hotel lobby having a drink afterwards. Mm-hmm. Man, I was How just was bummed. I, bummed, really bummed. Yeah. yeah, he just said that Johnny just had unreal power and that he thought he could get his leg and just run him kind of across the octagon and just ran out of room. And I was kind of like, 
man, you can't really treetop take down a guy that's like six six like that and is all legs. Yeah. It's just tough to do. Which has kind of always been the the I don't know, the thorn in Paul's side has always been he's just not a super strong wrestler. Like he's he's he a jujitsu guy. Yeah, he just can't grab a single and get to a body lock and be safer there, you know? So that was it was unfortunate. I was really sad for him, to be honest. It just he looked great too. I, we had we shared a warm up wor- or a, a workout room all week, and he looked really good. I wish he would have a little more confidence in his striking mm, because yeah. it watching him just briefly uh, in the workout room, he looked good. He looked good on his feet. He's big. He's strong. He was in really really good shape, and he just you know he's just not as confident there. And I think if anyone he could if there's anyone in the world he could be a little more confident in his striking, it is Johnny Walker because he's not a polished really clean striker i think he would have i think i think he would have surprised himself and done a lot better on his feet than i think he believes he would have yeah yeah i mean that's the thing about jujitsu guys great once it hits the ground not very good at getting them there like for example callum you know he's done jujitsu but he's a good wrestler and he won a world championship at a low level because all he did was just blast doubles (laughs) take them down (laughs) and then like hold them inside control and people were spazzing out this is not jujitsu and he's like well stop me you know what I mean? Yeah. Not the me best takedowns. Uh, you know, you know, when he caught the kick from Johnny Walker, and th- this is a perfect segue to talk about that because obviously Paul could have been the next contender had he got a good victory. Before we get to the other fights, I know main event, opening fight on pay-per-view, doesn't really correlate, but they're the same. Bit. We're okay. bouncing around. We're going here, there, everywhere. Yeah, he caught that kick. The problem is you catch that kick, and it happens all the time in training. Every, all the time, like people try to catch a kick, they're trying to turn it into a takedown. The person who has their kick caught, who's standing on one leg, they often tee off on the person. I've mm-hmm. seen that happen. I've had it done to me. I've been the puncher. I've been the person getting punched. It happens all the time. That's why from there, you've got to act quickly. You can't stand there and hesitate. That's why a single leg, you have your head buried into the thigh. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Standing and holding the leg here. You are a target. You're a sitting duck. You're essentially waiting to get hit. And as we know, Walker is a goddamn freak when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, you know what was crazy more impressive? Powerful. Oh, crazy powerful. And I love Paul. Commiserations to Paul. You know, mm-hmm. he'll be back. It, it, was, it, it, was, it was a disappointing performance for him, for his team, for everyone that supported him on the journey, you know, for the people of Scotland. Mm-hmm. There's no other way of putting it. He didn't, that, never in his wildest dreams did he want that. So, Paul, our thoughts are with you, mate. Um, you know, he's got to work on those entries and and, and the takedowns. Not only just the striking, but I get it. Johnny Walker's freakish, freakishly powerful. So, yeah, and well done to Johnny Walker. But you know what's more impressive? Mm. When he was doing the worm. Then he didn't blow a shoulder. Well, he didn't blow a shoulder. When he was doing the worm, he just went back to his feet. Did he? Like I could. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, man. He just popped right back up. You know what I mean? I was like, that was sick. But I used to do a bit of wormy. Oh younger, yeah, on the dance floor. Do you know what I mean? Okay. But I had to get up. I had to get up like an old man. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> like a I seventeen point he, get up. I didn't realize he popped right back to his feet. Well, he went to his knees and then to back up, but he didn't use his hands to assist him at all. It was very, very impressive. Uh, so I'm excited to see who he gets booked with next. So he deserves big things. Right? Listen, I'm going to jump in a second ago, Brian. What was so hot on your okay. mind? Oh, here we go. Worm it up. Worm it up. Worm it up. Worm it up. Hold on. Boom. Oh. See, that was cool as hell. 
that was way cooler than what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have like, come on, someone, someone, grab me, give me a hand up. Yes, Brian. I was just gonna say uh, there are reports that Johnny Walker weighed in over two hundred and thirty pounds on fight day. He did. He still made weight though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Anthony. Come on, you're gonna, are you gonna a, a bit of teasing, bro? Damn, it's, it's, I, of, no, I'll, I'll take it. I'll t- that's what you were gonna. That's what you were gonna say, wasn't it, Brian? You asshole. I, I I wasn't even thinking that, but Brian should have a bit of respect. Brian masquerades as your friend. He masquerades as the number mm-hmm. one Anthony Smith supporter. You know, just beforehand, he's going to fly down and hold your dick while you're pissing stuff what like kind that. Of lies are about to come out of my. But he sets no. you up for such a gigantic fall, Harrington. Harrington, can you believe Brian just did that to our down in the dumps right now, Anthony Smith? Right. Is Harrington there? Where the hell is Harrington? I I would never. I would never, ever, ever think to say a bad word about Anthony Smith. Anthony, uh, I didn't. Harrington <laughs> looks like, you know, you know, like on Instagram, when you filter yourself and you start messing with the settings and you turn the contrast <laughs> up way too much. Harrington like, looks, looks like a real life Instagram filter. <laughs> What's going yeah. on? Stand, stand up and show me your ass, Harrington. Just stand up and give me a little like, <laughs> a look back on one of these. Shake like, it a little bit. Yeah, Just give us one. Give us one. Work stand up. Us. Oh, my God. Give he's actually little. going to. Oh, his ass crack was hanging out. Yeah, his ass crack. Oh, I love it. Work it, baby. Work it. There we go. Dude, I'm going to be an influencer in no time, dog. Oh, God. There we go. All right. Rex MD is a FDA approved and the most trusted leader in men's telehealth. Now, they have sponsored this episode because they want you to always be prepared. Rex MD has made it simple, easy, and cost effective to help all the men out there last longer and feel more confident in the bedroom. RexMD, of course, are talking about getting generic and branded Viagra or Cialis easy, okay? Everything's online, even the prescription. They deliver it discreetly to your door. No waiting rooms, no embarrassing trips to the doctors, no insurance, and no co-pay, okay? Listen, if it comes down to the crunch, you know, when the time is on and you can't perform, okay? If you're feeling a little uh, apprehensive, you've had too many beers, Maybe you've just got good old-fashioned erectile dysfunction. Whatever the situation, Rex and me will help you out. And this is no garbage that you're picking up from the gas station. It is FDA approved. And as I say, it's Viagra and Cialis, essentially. It's 90% cheaper than that because you're only going to pay $2 per dosage with our exclusive link, which is rexmd.com forward slash Bisping for this limited time deal. Limited time, okay? So take advantage of the offer. Get the pills what you need, right? No side effects. It's good for you. In fact, it's good for you. It's good for your partner. It's good for your lady. She's going to be swinging from the chandeliers, right? Rex MD has generic Viagra that is just as effective for $2 per pill. It's fast, simple, and cheap. You can access your license. Rex MD physician anytime you need afterwards, and they have helped over 300,000 men Gain confidence quickly and conveniently. So now take advantage of their best deal ever by going to rexmd.com slash bisping. You will save up to 90%. You will pay $2 per dosage on starter packs of generic Viagra or Cy Alice. Go to one more time, rexmd.com forward slash bisping for up to 90% off. All right, Brandon Moreno, Davidson Figueredo. Wow, Moreno, unbelievable. Figueredo had some great moments. There were some nice uh, transitions back and forth. Moreno was the faster guy. He was more urgent. He fought with a sense of urgency. Uh, he was the better guy. The punch, of course, that closed up the eyeball. 
can't fight with one eye. We know mm-hmm. this. It's damn near impossible. Uh, I've seen someone do it. Uh, but um, uh, well done to Brandon Moreno. You know, he was a better guy, better game plan. He'd learned more. He'd made more adjustments throughout the, single, for the, throughout the fights. And Davison Figueredo, I'm trying to choose the right words. Yeah, it wasn't out of the four fights, of course, it wasn't the best showing. Mm-hmm. He looked like he'd started to slow down a bit. I know for a fact he had a terrible weight cut as well. So I'm sure that had a factor. But again, that's down to him. You know, I had heard the opposite actually that his weight cut had actually went really, really well. But, you know, they're always going to say that. But Brandon just had a way better game. He was, meant, he was meant to do the show here Thursday. And the people that organized the show, and I'm sorry to interrupt, no, you're good. they messaged said he's having an awful wake up. Oh, he sure. can't he can't call in and do the show because his wake up's going awful. I never said that publicly because right. you know I don't do that. I'm not messaging the betting sites and be like, yo, he's having a bad wake up. I don't do that, Anthony. No, you can't. I get told on this show it's it's, it's, it's right here. I keep a secret. Keep it. You didn't even I'm tell me. Mem- I didn't tell anyone. Trusted member of the community. Well, listen, Sorry, I mean, he was having a he was having a bad wake up, and so was I, and I still came on. You did. I should have been cutting more weight. <laughs> God damn You it. shouldn't have been in that fucking blanket. Why? The sauna blankets are shit. No, they're, they're, I've sweat my ass off in those things. Not they're enough, hot. obviously. Yeah, not enough. <laughs> fucking <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, anyway, quick, quick. Ah, couldn't have given blood or something, Anthony? Yeah, yeah no yeah. kidding. No, I... Uh, Use the manscaped. Get your the, pubes off. The, all of them. All of them. Pound all of them. All of them. Uh, all right, so so Moreno, Figueredo. No, I thought I thought Moreno had a good game plan. He he was anytime that Figueredo would start to pressure him and move forward, he was just level changing, and it just it, you could see Figgy start having problems. He couldn't figure out if he was wrestling or striking or wrestling or striking. He was you know he was losing the grappling exchanges, which I don't think he expected to do. I didn't expect Moreno to win every single grappling ex- exchange like that. Um, held him on his back with no problem for almost an entire round. He, I think he burned himself out a little bit on that guillotine. Um, on, there's really nothing else to say. He, just, he was just beat in every area. He really was. Yeah. He really was. And the final punch as well was well landed. It was unfortunate that it ended that way. You know, we've all been punched in the face many times. It's rare that an eyeball swells up like that. And that mm. really was bad. The doctor did have no choice but to stop it, to be fair. Uh, so that was unfortunate. Coming up to 135, I like that. I wasn't sure if Figueredo was going to announce his retirement as well. Being 35, being involved in four title fights in a row, mm-hmm. mentally stressful, physically exhausting, financially beneficial in a big yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Four yeah. title fights in a row. Do you know what I mean? That's good. And for a, a 125er, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure he made some big good fights. money. It was a big fight. Big fights. So, I mean, the last one was on the Francis Ngannou Cyril Garn. I mean, they've been on some big cards. So I I was curious as to whether or not he'd call it a day. 135, hey, let's go. Wouldn't mind seeing him up there. Um, Probably more his natural weight class, and it will help his cardio greatly. So there it is. Now, a moment of appreciation and respect for a game plan executed 100% perfectly. I'm talking about El Darino. Gilbert Burns, the man with the afro, the man that looks 20 years younger. Why is Gilbert Burns looking like he's been in a time machine and gone back to 2005? I don't know. It's weird, though. Some of it's he's the hair. He's looking young. 
Afro Gilbert is a dangerous man. I'm telling you, when he leaves his hair long, it means that dude don't. He's training so hard, he doesn't even yeah. give a shit about a haircut. He's well, just like focused right on now. the fight. I'm podcasting and creating content so hard. I haven't been for a haircut lately. That's what mm-hmm. me and Gilbert got in common. Right. Uh, no, that was amazing. Magni's always a tricky yeah. customer. He's a tricky customer. He's no mug. He's very experienced. What was so impressive about Gilbert? Obviously, Magni's long. So he stayed out of range. Not close enough to where he could get tagged. He stayed far enough out of range and then waited for the perfect opportunity. And when that opportunity was there, he, he struck through a right hand, that brings the hands up, gets the body lock. Timed it perfectly, fast, explosive, got the body lock, took him down with authority, didn't take a single shot, complete one-way traffic, and then when he got him down, passed his guard, and got the head and arm triangle. I mean, if that's not a strategic, systematic breakdown, executed to perfection, I don't know what is. Yeah, he took no he took no damage on his feet. He didn't play the play the you know that game with Neil Magny that Neil tends to win. It's just high volume. He makes it tough on people. He doesn't necessarily he's not hurting you a bunch of times with big punches, but it's just it's just consistent. The dude's super tough. So um again, I kind of felt bad for Neil just because it was such a dominant performance. I I ran into Neil a few times after the fight, talked to him and you know, he just said he's got to he's got to work on that. That that's a, obviously a hole in his game, his is you know kind of bottom jujitsu game, and that he's going to go back and work on it. But honestly, the, just the level between him and Gilbert Burns' top game is just it's a different it's it's a different level. I think everyone expected that if Neil ended up on the bottom, that that's how it was going to go. Um, but I think Gilbert needed that too, not just for his career, but I think just emotionally, mentally, he needed to go in and get a big finish. Um, he's an angry man right now, though. He got passed up in the rankings by Bilal Mohab, and he's not happy about it. Um, apparently, he, he's uh, Bilal turned down an opportunity to fight him in Rio. Um, he's mm. not happy about that. Um, Ooh, so so hold on. So, so Bilal's out there saying that everyone's turning him down, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. And no disrespect to Bilal. You know, we're just staring yeah. at and having a laugh. Sure. We're having a laugh, Bilal Mohammed. Yeah, calm down. Calm the but fuck down, Gilbert bro. did say that he turned down a fight. He did. And, that, and that's a fight I want to see. That's a fight I want to see. Interesting. But here's a fight I'd rather see. No disrespect to the great Bilal. Remember the name, Mohammed. Um, the one he asked for, Colby Covington. That's cool. That, that makes all the sense in the world. One, they got the viral moment of him calling it, him out. Combined with the viral moment of Colby Covington calling Brazil a dump, and they're yeah. all filthy animals. In Brazil, with the crowd mm-hmm. booing, they both want to fight for the belt. They both lost to Kamara Usman, Colby twice. If they want to get another shot, they've got to fight a top contender. In terms of stylistic matchups, it's interesting. Is Colby going to take Gilbert down? Does he want to play that game? I, probably I don't know if he does. On the feet, Gilbert probably hits harder, but yeah. Colby has the pressure and the pace and the cardio. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting clash of styles. Very. Very. I, I, out of those three, two of them got to fight each other. To be honest with you, I don't care who fights who. I, I think that those three guys. If I was, if I was one of those three guys, I'd be just blowing up Mick Maynard and Sean Sean Shelby's phone because one of you guys is going to get left out, and and you don't want to be the odd man out for sure. Or to be very fair, one of you is going to end up with with Hamzat. <laughs> so like, yep. You gotta you gotta find the matchup that works better for you because a win I think a win you take those four guys 
whoever has the most impressive win, if you were to match them, you know, two fights, I think gets the next shot. So you got to find the best matchup for yourself and, and, and chase it. You got to chase it. Mm. Just in the spirit of the show, because we like to tease Harrington and it's not bullying and he doesn't cry himself to sleep. So just bloody relax in the comments. Harrington's put a little note in the note section in the chat. He's put a quote, but he doesn't say who it's from. So I am none the wiser, Harrington. You know, <laughs> you've put, you put in speech marks, but that was the fight the UFC wanted to make. But he was one of these guys. Oh, I'll fight him, but not in Brazil. Not right now. Not on that day. Assuming from Gilbert, but I don't know. Yeah, that's from Gilbert Burns. Uh, okay. I mean, my All powers right. of intuition told me that, but I could have said, oh, here's Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Sorry. Having to get, get on it, buddy. I hope you're well, mate. Um, how was your weekend? How was Dude, your weekend? it was great. There was fights. It was awesome. I was at my, uh, I was at my uh, in-law's place, and I got them to turn on the... Uh, uh, Manir Laziz fight. Like I got them oh, to yeah. turn off football for a minute to just for that one fight, and they were hooked. They were in for the rest of the card. Was that one of the first fight cards that they've seen? Uh, I think for UFC, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's interesting, nice. like because I know a lot of people when they first watch it, if they've never seen it, they're like, "Oh, this is barbaric or whatever." But then they watch it and they're like, "Oh, this is quite fun." Because obviously the UFC production is so slick. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's it's pretty hard not to be entertained. That was a pretty solid first fight, too. You know, like just big first round knockout. That's how you get somebody hooked, I think. Right. So, Harrington, we've got some non-MMA stories here. I'm just going to say we're going to start with this one. Anthony Smith, you're a Kansas shitty. Shitty? Shitty. Shitty. got shake it easy. I mean, are, are they shitty? Kansas <laughs> no, shitty No, they're good. Chiefs? They're about to Has go that to the Super Bowl. Around? Has that been thrown around before, the Kansas shitty Chiefs? Oh, I'm sure. They're it's, about to go to the Super Bowl, though. I'm making a one t-shirt, more bro. One more win. I'm making a t-shirt. The Kansas shitty. Well, no. they've got shitty fans anyway. We know that. No, you they're this? incredible fans. Well, they're the not exactly the honest world. fans. They're, they're not honest. Well, no, you didn't say honest. You said they were shitty. They're not honest. The Kansas City cheese fans are not honest people. And Why? honest is a quality. Well, Why? because they're running around robbing banks. A one Did you know guy? that? Was there one guy? There's a guy robbing banks. He's a Kansas City Chiefs fan because the tickets are so expensive. He has been forced to hold up banks. <laughs> they are fucking expensive. At, at gunpoint. <laughs> right, Harrison, give us the lowdown on what's going on here. So I know, Anthony, you've been to a bunch of Chiefs games, so you might actually know this guy. The Chiefs season ticket holder, fool. Take Ooh. it easy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's been <laughs> to a bunch of games. Ha- uh, Anthony, you might know. Every single person in the stadium. I'm, like, okay. I'm, I'm from England. People go, oh, do you know my mate from London? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's okay. it's not like that, right? In the NFL, there's certain diehard fans for, for certain teams that like, for instance, I'm a Jets fan, Fireman Ed. Everybody knows Fireman Ed. He's a, a former Long Island fireman. Uh, I think the chiefs might be the same way. He's the guy who shows up as a werewolf to every single game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See? Yeah. Uh, well, he's not so- the guy that robbed banks, though, is he? That's so a this, very well-known, the Chiefs are holic. He's on TV. I know him. <laughs> so this guy, he would essentially like go, he would go on a wigging, right? With the, with the team. He got like the, the plan. But when he was in these cities, right? Around when, around these Chiefs games, they were noticing a pattern of bank robbing showing up to the point where they were like, wait a second, this is a, this is a Chiefs fan who's doing this. And they got the Chiefs a holic. So, so he was traveling was he... to the away games, robbing banks. Yeah, and then that's dedication. Out. That's dedication. <laughs> that's a real fan. What, what? How would you feel, Mike, if every single time you fought, 
there was a British guy that was traveling to your fights and robbing banks when he got there just so that he could watch you fight. Let is that a dishonest man or is that a super fan? Oh, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a thief. It's a criminal. He's endangering lives, but I love the guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's my number one guy right there. My is God. that him? But Harrington, how was he robbing the banks? Because robbing the banks, robbing a bank. I didn't even know that was still a thing with modern technology and all the rest of it. You know what I Did mean? You know, my, like you know a, my stepdad was a serial bank robber? Was he really? Yeah. Yeah. He died. A in prison. Serial bank robber. Uh, 17 uh, uh, banks. Wow. 17 how banks. How many times was he caught? Just the last time. <laughs> well, then, they, then they hooked him for, he got like 30 years. Oh, is he still inside? No, he's dead. No, he died in prison. Oh, God bless him. Yeah. Well, yeah. What was his final meal? Do you know? I don't. Did he give him that chance? You know, you know, like on uh, uh, what's that? What's that? What's no, like he wasn't like he was executed. He just died. Yeah, no, he died. He died. Okay, but but what's that movie with Gerard Butler in? Some most dangerous citizen or something? No, no. You know when he's he gets sent down, his family get murdered, and then then he goes after them. Oh, uh, don't tell me. Hold on. Something citizen. Most deadly law, abide, citizen. law abiding citizen. Law abiding citizen. Yes. Yeah, I know film. that. I know a movie. I seen a movie. I, I'm proud of you, bro. I'm Look proud of you. That. You can't make way, but you got to move it. It's and we are all even. Nobody's <laughs> seen that movie. How is that the one that Anthony knows? Are you? I how, love that. Law abiding citizen is a very popular movie. Um, yeah. So how much are? How much is the average ticket to a football game? Because what I thought of when I saw that is because it is ridiculous to go to sporting events, to go to concerts and to things these days, it's out of control. That's why when I saw that story, I sent it to the notes because number one, you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan. So I thought we could have a laugh with it. But also <clears throat> it does kind of highlight a kind of crazy point, you know, you know, with these, the scalpers and these websites that buy the tickets that the moment they go on sale and then they sell them at astronomical prices they hike them up like crazy. It's, it, it, there, there needs to be something done about that because the real fans are being made to suffer and these asshole companies are making an absolute killing in profits. Yeah, the seat, the seat prices are super, super expensive. Like Harrington's a Jets fan. He can probably get a, probably, probably get a ticket there for, I don't know, $13, $14, I'd imagine. Nobody wants one, right? No, nobody wants one. But yeah. yeah, I mean, look at these prices. These aren't even like fantastic seats that, he's, that he looked up here. Yeah, I mean, those are kind of like upper deck seats that are three hundred seventy five dollars. Yeah, the where I sit, they're uh, my sections like one eighteen ish, right? Like kind of. I mean, think, th- th- halfway think about down. that though. Yeah, one eighteen. Like how much down. is that for a ticket? One eighteen. I mean, think about right? that. I don't know. Probably what? honestly, they they sell resell like five or six hundred bucks a ticket, which is insane. Imagine you've got a family of five. And you want to go because it's a family day yeah, out. Four tickets, yeah. Four tickets. That's twelve hundred dollars if the three hundred bucks. Then you know transportation. If you've got to stay in a hotel, if you're from out of town or whatever, right. it's ridiculous. Right. It stops people drive. supporting yeah, it's, it's a the sports. Drive, a hotel. It's it's the whole deal. It's an expensive trip every time. Going to watch a football game, going to watch a boxing match, a fight, whatever. <sighs> These are things you know. It should be a working class pastime. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, granted, okay, if you want to be on the floor and you want to be a big wig and you want to be ringside where all the celebrities are, granted, you're going to pay for that. That comes at a premium. But to be sitting in the stands, enjoying a game, enjoying a sport, you should be able to do that without making that, like, the, the big highlight and you have to save up for it for a year. Like, it, in the it reminds UK. me of the fights. It reminds me of the fights. I feel so bad 
Yeah. Because an experience sitting like in Dana's section, the fighter section, like sitting that close, if you had to pay for that, like on the other side of the floor, those are like, like the Apex, for example, they're $5,000 seats. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just so expensive and I get it. You got to make your money back. You got to pay fighters. You got to pay staff. Like I get it, but I well, know. a lot of the time though, it's not even the UFC though. It's, it's not the mm-hmm. UFC. It's these companies. That's right. why I get hit up by people. They want to go to a fight and it's like, Mike, I would love to come and watch, but it's just so expensive because of the, the secondary market. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I would love to see some kind of law passed or some bill or some kind of practice that stopped these scalpers or whatever you want to call them. These websites that sell them at a profit. They need to, it's just unethical. But I was going to say, like in England, the football stadiums, they are in like the working class towns. They're right where, like, you know, we have rows and rows of streets, like terraced houses, we call them, like mm-hmm. in the, the neighborhoods where people live, where kids are kicking the ball around, right? And then at the end of the street, there's a big goddamn massive football stadium. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because it's a, it's a working class sport for working class people. And to buy a ticket, you know, I'm sure back in the day was was not much. And I'm sure these days, because everything's getting more and more expensive, but that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be having to break the bank and save up for a year or take out bloody loans or rob banks. Or rob banks, to be right. able to go and watch a game. I, I wanted to watch the, uh, the Connor Mayweather fight because I think I was in town. Um, and I remember thinking like, man, this is like a, this is like a historical type of fight. Like, I'm not going to see anything like this again. Like, maybe I'll just... I'll just buy a ticket, uh, whatever it costs to just get in the door. Like I'll just buy a ticket somehow. Mm-hmm. Dude, it was like 20 grand. Tw- like you couldn't, you could get like 20 grand for like a halfway decent seat. Like for a nosebleed seat, they were like $6,000. So I was like, fuck that. No way. It was, it's just insane. The last time Rebecca and I went to a concert, I mentioned this recently. We went to Pearl Jam, right? It's her mm-hmm. favorite band. Never been there in LA. And I bought them off some website and the tickets, they, they were like, I forget what they were. They were like 500 a piece. So I thought, well, they've got to be good tickets. The 500 mm-hmm. a piece. Yeah. They're not on the floor and nothing. They're up in the sands, but they still must have a decent view and all the rest of it. We went, you couldn't even see the band and you couldn't even hear it because we were in, it was literally the worst possible ticket seat you could have. We were like underneath this thing, right? Yeah. So that affected the audio, right? You couldn't see, there was a small, it was like we were watching it through a letterbox, but there were people in front of us, so we couldn't see the band and we couldn't hear it. And it's her favorite band. She's never seen them live. I spent a fortune for them. And she actually said after about half an hour, she would just go home. And I'm like, yeah, because it was so crap. And we yeah, spent a grand, sucks. a grand on that crap. You know yeah, what I'm saying? All right, you know what time it is. It is manscape time. It is trim the balls time. It is get those crown jewels feeling nice, smooth, ready for action with the Lawnmower 4.0. The best version, the latest iteration. The Manscaped one was good. Two was better. Three was insane. 4.0, oh my word, it's going to blow your mind. But don't just get the Manscaped 4.0. Get it as a part of the performance package, which of course includes the Lawnmower 4.0. But listen, like me, you've probably got nose hairs, probably got ear hairs. So you need the weed whacker. Get rid of all them. You need the crop preserver. After you have shaved your manhood, after it is glisteningly smooth, and you haven't cut yourself and there's no blood or anything inside, use the crop preserver. It's a ball deodorant. And use the crop reviver, which is a ball toner. Or what you can do is get the platinum package, which has everything that's in the performance package, 
but it also has the ultra premium body wash, the ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, and the ultra premium deodorant, which I got to say smells amazing. Now it's all vegan and sulfate free and all that good stuff. It's good for your skin and it leaves you smelling fresh. They've also got nail clippers, body buffers, and dozens of other products that you could use in your bathroom. So Go to manscaped.com, use the code BISPING, get 20% off and free shipping. Thank you to Manscaped. They've supported this show for quite some time, but it really is a fantastic product. They do a good beard trimmer as well. I just got that through the mail the other day. Quality stuff. That's the thing about Manscaped. It's all really, really well-made products. That's why they've been around so long. That's why you see them sponsoring a lot of things because it's a successful product and a successful brand. The items are quality. So check them out. Go to manscaped.com, use the code BISPING, 20% off and free shipping. Anyway, moving on. Um, so we've done Neil Magny. So before that, Jessica Andrade, talking of Glover to share a fight, should have or shouldn't have been stopped. Lauren Murphy, Anthony Smith. What do you think about that fight? Do you think there was a case to throw the towel in or stop that fight? Just stop it, for sure. For sure. 100% hmm. agree. I think that that fight should have been stopped. I don't think there was any reason for her to go out in the third round. But you know my take on it. Uh, and I'm going to tread lightly here because I had a conversation with her coaches uh, the next morning. Um, just real, you know, a quick conversation about kind of like what they were thinking. Um, they think very much like I think that the referee let her down. And, and like when you're a coach and you're so focused on your fighter winning, could you make the argument that the ref that the that the corner could have stopped the stopped the fight? Absolutely, you can make that argument. But is that the corner's job? And this is where I go back and forth with yes. this all the time, and people get so mad. And my my stance has always been no. I don't think that's the coach's job. I don't want you in my corner, worried about my health and safety. I don't want you worried about my future. I don't want you worried about my kids. You're there to worry about me winning. That's yep. it. I need you to help me win. And and if you're worried about the other things, then you're not coaching me to win. You're not you're not worried about winning anymore. You're worried about keeping me safe. There's people that are employed by the UFC, by the athletic commissions, that that's their only job. The referees come in all the time and say, "Well, my my number one job is to keep you safe." Then that needs to be your number one job. Let's stop fucking nerding out on the defense grabs and and you yeah. know what I mean. Like that's I get point. it. That's an important part of the rule, but you, you're constantly hearing these guys, don't grab the fence. Like they haven't even touched the fence yet and they're already telling them not to grab it. If, if you're so gung-ho about the fence grabs, you should be just as equally gung-ho about fighter safety. And so that's, and the doctors are the same way. If you bring a doctor in and he says you're good to go, his literal job is to say uh, whether this fighter yes is, or no. is yes or no. Like that's your only job. You sit there and make sure that these people are safe. Why, why does that also have to be the coach's job when there's two other fail-safes so, that are there, in my opinion? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You bring up a good point about the two other fail-safes, but I'm going to disagree with you there uh, about the coach because the coach ultimately should be driving the ship. He's not only just there to ensure victory. He's there as the head coach to do what is best for that fighter. Like The coach should be, if it's a true head coach situation, he's the authority figure. The book stops with him. He should make the calls. He tells you when to train. He tells you when not to train. He says what he dictates what type of training we're doing. Tells you when to take a day off. Structures what you need to do for your wake, all the rest of it. He's your head coach. You look to him for guidance. And he should be the guy that looks and makes a determination and says, hold on a minute. We're not going to win this fight. I want you to come home physically 
still able to continue a fight career, but also not be so psychologically damaged and not be so traumatized and have your confidence affected that it affects your career and your earning potential going forward. This is how you make a living for your family. This is how you pay the bills. This is how you put gasoline in the car. This is your entire life if you're the fighter in question. So I, as, as your head coach, I'm going to put my ego to one side and put my desire for you to win, which a coach wants so badly for their fighters, but just have the realization and the determination that hold on a minute, I'm going to make a very unpopular decision right now. I'm going to save you from yourself because you are a fighter and that's what we do by definition in our DNA. We're going to fight tooth and nail. Glover would have continued fighting if his face was falling apart. Laura Murphy will as well. And God bless Laura Murphy. And I've got so much respect for her. And this is in no way, shape or form an insult to her. Or so much out of coaches, because I understand it's hard. Emotions are involved. And these are personal relationships. And they want the best. And they think, well, you know what? She's tough enough to get through this. And at least there's a moral victory in that. And I understand that side of things. But the psychological damage that can be done from taking a beating like that, they might never be the same. Getting caught, getting knocked out, flatlined, unconscious, that's one thing, right? You can still, like, like when I had that happen to me against Henderson, I was like, well, I was still out, kind of out pointing so I still took positives away from it. Right. Getting the shit kicked out of you consecutively for 15 minutes and not even being dangerous in that can affect your ability to go forward and have a career. You know what I'm saying? And I understand that it is, it is a tricky one. And it is a good point that you make about there is two people that is specifically their job. Mm-hmm. And I love that point, what you just said there about why are they so gung-ho and so got their knickers in a twist, to use a British expression, about fence grabs you know what i mean they even look at that fence they're saying it and there's so right. many rules that so on top of how about let hold on stepping in and doing your job and making an unpopular decision and stopping right. the fight as well yeah how about yeah. how about we get more how about we get lauren murphy home let's let's worry about yeah. that let's yeah. get her home safely right? to her family and i'm not saying that the coaches are are they hold no they they bear no weight here but i think that they are the last level here i think it goes referee doctor coaches so everyone always wants to talk about the coaches and say well they know their fighter better well like i know my kids better than their doctor does but i'm not doing any surgeries on them you know what i mean i'm not making any medical decisions when it comes to my children so mm-hmm. uh, as far as the procedures what needs to be done and, and given my opinion on their health like i leave that to an expert and that's what the referee and the doctors are supposed to be there's obviously again, arguments to be again, had solid had, point had solid they, point had they stepped in and the and the coaches stopped the fight, I would have praised them. I would have given them all the praise in the world. But if I'm going to shit on someone who could have done a better job, it's going to start with the referee and it's going to start with the doctor. And then it will end with the coaches. There is an argument to be made that the coaches absolutely could have done that. And I won't argue with that for sure. And I fully agree with that. Although I do think there is some responsibility on the coach as well, but but very well put, Anthony. Very well put. Uh, last point on this before we move on, because we've got a lot of points. We've got a lot of Hamilton nonsensical stories, I I and we've got more get, fights. I gotta get out of here soon. Get going. Um, yeah. Funny you mentioned the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight because I was having this conversation on BT Sport yesterday, and look at that fight. Look at Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. The referee stepped in and stopped that fight. This mm-hmm. was a ridiculously big fight. Right, and he stepped in and stopped it. Connor wasn't taking anywhere near that kind of damage. Mm-hmm. His face was not bust up. It wasn't falling apart. There wasn't psychological damage. There wasn't potential brain damage. But he just wasn't 
doing particularly well. He wasn't going to win. And he wasn't going to win, so the referee stopped it. And you Mm -hmm. see that in boxing all the time because it is a part of the sport and it's almost ingrained in the culture. And referees stop fights, corners throw towels. That is an element of the fight culture which hasn't fully been integrated into mixed martial arts. We need to take some of it. And and I think think the coaches, I don't want to, I guess I need to clear this up. I think coaches need to stop fights more often. So I'm just not willing to hold them 100% accountable like in the Lauren Murphy type of situation. I don't think that that should be their job, but I do think that they need to do it more often. I think that um, guys like uh, Trevor Trevor Whitman, totally willing to stop a fight when shit gets Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. I just had an idea for a quiz. Real okay. quick on the fly. Harrington and Brian on the screen. Let's go. Three, two, one. Anthony, we'll start with you. Give me an example of a time in mixed martial arts where a coach has stopped to fight. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was a Duke Rufus. Duke Rufus Pettis. Boom. One point. Brian McKay, give me an example of a fighter where a coach has stepped in and stopped the fight. Don't be Googling shit either. My hands are right here. I'm not Googling. I don't, I'm telling you, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Harrington. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm I'm drawing a complete blank. Exactly, exactly. This is my point entirely. I will say this: George Saint Pierre, welterweight champion, taking on lightweight champion BJ Penn, high profile fight. Yep. Jason Prillo threw the towel in. The reason being that sticks out is because it is so rare, and that was in a big fight. So I do, but but that was a great point, though. What you made, Anthony. I I do see the logic in your point. I see what you're saying. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so and George was sensational, sensational. Right. Not much more to say on that. I mean, no. she just, she was one step ahead. She's a nasty, nasty, nasty. nasty. And we spoke about Paul Craig. Paul Craig. Uh, Paul Craig. Paulie, we love you, Paul. Get back. Come back. Be back. Watch your back. Anything that involves a back, you bloody have it. Right. Um, what should we go to? What should we go to in terms of notes? What should we go to? Oh, Tyson Fury, Francis Ngannou, talking about boxing. Uh, Brian, do you have the video of Tyson Fury? Have you heard about this, Anthony? I haven't. No, I haven't. I've been in right, Brazil so with not great service. Oh, tell me about it. We yeah. really did an interview with, I was going to say, Benil Dariush. He wasn't in Brazil. He was down the street. It wasn't <laughs> great service. Uh, no, no, if you have it, Brian, I'll just keep talking while you look for it. But uh, obviously, Francis departed. There's talks of him versus Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. And then just yesterday or whenever it was over the weekend, he came out, he did a little video. He's called out Francis Ngannou, Queensbury rules. Here we go. Francis Ngannou, I know you're out of contract with uh, the UFC. You want to earn some big boy money? Come see the Gypsy King. And let's do a big, big fight for the baddest MF on the planet. And let's kick it up spicy in a cage four-ounce gloves under Queensbury, and let's have a badass referee like Iron Mike Tyson. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> did I just sell that to the world? Oh, okay, I'm I in. It. I'm in. Sold it to me. Yeah, I just want to say that's not how you say his name. Francis Ngannou? That is not what he said. Not Ngannou, but whatever. You know, whatever. he's a gypsy. We know who he's talking about. He's a gypsy. Yeah, Brian. Fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... Four-ounce I mean, gloves changes it be, just a little bit. <laughs> it's, yeah, it changes it. That bloody 
and Gordon's going to get his face butchered up. He could catch him. We don't get people, into the X's and O's so, and all yeah. the rest of it. We've done that a million people times. People are so mad that I said that Francis Ngannou wouldn't be very good in boxing. They were so mad about it. Like, okay. One, all you people that made all those comments, after you guys watch it, you come back here and you say nice things about me. So we tune into this podcast every week because you guys are the experts. But if you give an opinion that we don't like, then you're idiots and then you don't know idiot. what you're talking about. Do you know what I mean? And now one you, of you is super fat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can't even make way, bro. Right. <laughs> Sorry, make way before you talk about it. I, I will not mention it ever again after this episode. No, I'm kidding. I All right, Mike. I do got to go, though. Oh, I gotta go get. Look my at kid. that! Look at that! I mentioned no, the weight. Go one more time. I and do like, no. I I promise to everybody, I do gotta go get my kid though. My 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 kids are running all over the place, and she's been doing You're it alone. Your family I know, before I the believers. Go. I know, but it'll be normal <laughs> after this. I'll be back Thursday, and then Monday, Thursday, normal. I mean, it's only three shows in a row now, but it is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, you know, you, you got to make a dedication I, here, bro. Mike, don't forget when you're in Bulgaria and we like barely did this shit. Oh, we, we, we did it once a week? Barely. Every week. No, every week. We never missed the show. We never That's missed the show, bro. That's we never lie. missed the show. That's not a lie. It's not a lie. But uh, all right, I'm joking, buddy. Right, get out of it. Right. Thursday, we'll see you then. Uh, see you enjoy being back with your family, mate. All the best. All right, man. And, Thank uh, you. See you guys. Get some rest. Catch up on that jet lag. And yes, yeah. sir. All right, bye. Hamilton. And this would be an opportunity for you to join on. Uh, Brian, there you go. Brian already knew. Yeah, so um, Tyson Fury, Francis Ngannou in a four, in a cage with four-ounce gloves with Mike Tyson refereeing. I mean, that has Triller Fight Club written all over it, doesn't it? You've got Megadeth on, uh, <laughs> in between rounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd like to see it, though. To break out, you know, Shawn Michaels is going to come out as the uh, special enforcer. Um, no, I do remember that there was an issue I had with it because right before he said that, he was like, you know, if the Usyk fight doesn't materialize in the in the next uh, month or whatever, and it's like, are you really using Francis Ngannou as a bargaining chip to with with this, you know, Mike Tyson guest referee nonsense to to pressure Usyk into signing a into signing a bad agreement? I just, that didn't sit right with. Well, that is the fight that needs to happen. Tyson Fury versus Usyk, without question, is the fight that needs to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then shame on boxing and shame on everyone involved. Because at this moment in time, there is not a, a clearer fight that has to be made. They are the two champions sitting on top of the heavyweight division. They're in their prime. Right, there's nothing stopping this fight happening. If it doesn't happen, it further accentuates the mess that boxing has become. It further accentuates the fact that the best don't fight the best, and certainly not in the prime. You know what I'm saying? So I, I hope that happens. But also for Tyson Fury, uh, for Francis, I hope he gets that as well. I mean, that would be great, and I would love to watch it. Talking of Mike Tyson, and this is kind of. Uh, not in the notes, but did you see that Jake Paul, yes, the Jake Paul, was talking about Mike Tyson and he said that he would knock him out. Did you see that recently? Meaning like current 50-something-year-old Mike Tyson? Well, he would, he would fit the bill for a Jake Paul oh, opponent, let's be oh. honest. he's what? Yeah, he's going on about Mike Tyson and people were still even laughing at him. But I was like, number one, number one, just have a bit of respect. Do you know what I mean? Don't be saying I would knock him out. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, That's like, look, Mike Tyson. At the end of Ali's life, I'm pretty sure I could have knocked him out when he had mm. fucking Parkinson's. But, like, what are we yeah. talking about here? That's not something to brag about. 
Tyson is not old Ali today. Tyson is still a bad man for a 50-something-year-old. Like, certainly, I wouldn't put it past him to knock Jake Paul out as well. And, and certainly if you're on a Southwest Airlines flight late at night, let's remember <laughs> that one. Um, talking of Jake Paul, a little switcheroo here, but uh, Luke Rockhold, not in the notes, but Luke Rockhold. I was with Jason Perillo a couple of days ago, and we were talking about Luke. Luke is coming back, okay? Took a little hiatus, but he's also a free agent now. And he was on Helwani, but I saw this, but I already knew I was talking to Perillo. Uh, he's been released from his contract, so he can now go anywhere he wants. He was, I think, hoping to go back to the UFC, but out of the blue, he was given. Well, he, he did retire, to be fair. So he's been released from his contract, but he said he feels like, uh, he's, I forget what he said now, but he feels like he's learned some lessons and feels like he's still got a lot to give. And on that note, he was talking about Jake Paul as well. He said he's going after Anderson Silva. Yeah, there it is. Luke Rockhold says the UFC granted request for my release. I asked for my freedoms. Yeah, well, he got what he wanted. Uh, so he was talking about Jake Paul to Ariel Hawani today, you know, and he said, look, listen, and, uh, he's like, I'm in my prime. I'm a middleweight. I'm not Anderson Silva, who's almost 50 years old. So let's go. So obviously he's, he's, he's you know, he's trying to get that fight. He's trying to get paid. He's trying to get that money. Trying to get that payday. A fair play to him. But is Jet is Luke in his prime? I mean, I don't. Are you asking me? Are you? I'm asking you, Hamilton. I'm putting words in your mouth. <laughs> look, I would say. I mean, look. One look at the guy. He's in any normal man's prime, obviously, right? Like, obviously, he's in prime for me and most 25 year old guys out there. But as far as his fighting prime. Probably, probably not. However, the fight he just put up against Paulo Costa was on the, the short list for fight of the year for a lot of people. Uh, yep. Certainly still has a lot of power in his hands. It, it, you know, his boxing acumen, I think, is, has gotten better, you know, as, as, since he started working with Perillo. He's been getting that left hand up a hell of a lot more. So, yes, you know, yes. I, yeah, maybe, maybe his actual, uh, God's honest truth, maybe his prime for the ability to take a boxing match against a 25-year-old kid, yeah, that might be. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, all jokes aside, listen, Luke's a freak athlete. He's a, he, he really is. He's so coordinated. He's so explosive and powerful, tall, long, rangy. I hope he gets a big fight like that. I really do. And, in fact, should I reach out and try and get him on as a guest? That would be nice. Yes. It'd be yeah, so nice. Yeah. He's would. literally – would. Dude, I'll you know, tell you this. He, He's a nice guy. He is a nice guy. He's very misunderstood. And I helped with that. I talked a lot of smart, but we were opponents. We didn't like each other. Dude, he rec he remembered my name. I met him on a Monday at Ruka, met him again on a Wednesday. He immediately remembered my name. It sold me, right? A hundred percent. I am a Luke Rockhold stand for life. Um, yeah. after that engagement. Okay. So what do we, what should we go to in the nuts? We've done the main card, of course, on the prelims. I mean, there's a couple of stand those brothers. Did you see those? What were the names? What were the names? Ismail Bonfim knocked out Terence McKinney. I mean, Terence McKinney has so much potential. Some of the performances he had inside the octagon. Who was it that knocked him out? Was it Cody Stamen? No, no, no. Who was it that knocked him out? Not Cody Stamen. Who was it? It's on the tip of my tongue. Short little guy, blonde hair, attractive little son of a bitch, handsome bastard, heavy hands. Dober. Drew Dober. That's <laughs> who I'm talking about. High cheekbones all over the place. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he finished him, but, you know, he got caught. This, but, but again, 
this is the tricky thing. Terence McKinney does have so much potential. A great wrestler, good striker, knockout power, all the rest of it. Goes up against this unknown guy, a Bonfim, right? These Bonfim brothers, if you saw the prelims on Saturday night, Ismail Bonfim and Gabriel Bonfim both had amazing performances. McKinney got knocked out in round two. It was a beautiful flying knee. And his brother choked out Munir Lazez in round one, right? Yeah. Keep an eye on that, the Bond theme brothers. Yeah, those guys were were both incredible. And it was so cool to me, like seeing the 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 older brother, I guess it was was Gabriel was celebrating backstage with Gilbert Burns when uh when you know his other brother got the win and then you know cut to him now in a suit watching you know his, his brother get the win celebrating with Gilbert. That's like there is just something so cool about that. And the, did you hear he said they're down to keep fighting on the same card as each other as long as they can both keep racking up wins. Well, of course they are. Because of course they are, because that's what everybody wants. Or oh, we're down. Are, are you down? Are you going to do everyone a favor? Of course you <laughs> want to do that. You want to go through that journey with your brother, your literal blood brother, a training partner, someone that you know, someone that you trust. That's what you want around you, people that you're natural with. Because sometimes even just little things, when, you're, when it's fight week, and everybody wants a piece of you and you've got to do the interviews and the press and you've got to do the weigh-ins and then you've got to do, you know, you've got to go down in the, in the fighter hotel, you know, those little bits at the start, you know, right, right, yeah. that has to be filmed. You know, the little bit at the start, we go, okay, so this partner here with my opponent, here's what, here's what I, they've got to do all these things. And so you got to, there's a lot, the fight week schedule, there's a lot of demands upon the fighter. Do you know what I mean? ENG, they call it, electronic something graphics. Um, there's a ton of stuff to do that happens behind the scenes. So the fighters are very busy. And then on top of that, if you've got people around you that just suck the energy out of you, it's <laughs> such a pain in the ass because I've had that. There's some people around you. Mean, well, maybe they're in your team. Maybe they're a new coach or something. But you're like, oh, God, this guy, he just sucks the energy out of me, out of the room. He's driving me fucking crazy. But when it's your brother, if your brother's getting on your nerves, you can just tell him to piss off. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if Harrington's getting on your nerves, say, Harrington, piss off. Go on, go for a walk. Go on, get out of it. You know, having your brother around would be amazing. Anyway, I'd what like should we to, get into? I, I would like to ask Gilbert about that next time he's on the show. Because that's uh, like why, like what it's like versus like training or, or, or fighting on the same night as Herbert, and then when it's like just cornering him and, and having him there. Uh, just one other thing before we move on from the card, Jilson Almeida. Oh, yeah. Performance of the night bonus. He's got three finishes, I think all first round. Uh, sorry, this one was second round, but three early finishes since he moved up to heavyweight from light heavyweight. That, that could be a contender right there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I knew that right from the first time I saw him fight. I com commentated him on the contender, took out Dagestan. He beat him in his own game. Very, very strong. Anyway, so uh, some of this new stuff. I mean, obviously, Jose Aldo got put in the Hall of Fame on Saturday. That was a beautiful moment to see him oh. there. Shedding a tear, getting the reception that he was due with his wife, with his mentor and longtime coach, Andrea Pedernaris. I mean, to be honest, that was a shooting. That was always going to happen. Who do we think are some of the future Hall of Famers that are a definite shoo-in? Dominic Cruz, right? Because he's got to be close, somewhat close to retirement, right? I don't know whether he might have one fight, two fights, five fights. I don't think he'll have more than five fights. You know what I mean? Somewhere in the region from one to five. There's Dominic Cruz for sure, Brian. I think whether people like it or not, Conor McGregor gets in um, like mm. immediately when yeah. he's up for uh, eligibility. No. 
Conor McGregor is without a question. <laughs> he might Listen, get his own wing. <laughs> yeah, no, well, Conor yeah, really. has his own wing. Conor Wait, has what? his own wing at the, the, when you go to the UFC offices, the new big fancy offices that they have now, which are absolutely beautiful, by the way. You walk in, there's a giant statue of some boxer made out of bronze. It's gigantic. It's a beautiful building. Uh, and I've done quite a bit of work there, obviously, on the production side. There is the Conor McGregor meeting room. Okay, it's all made out of glass. It's got Stop Conor McGregor it. etched into. The- oh, I'm serious. <laughs> it's like, all right, we'll meet you at the Conor McGregor room at eleven. You know what I mean? That's wild. Yeah, so he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Well, that's Stipe. <laughs> I think Stipe gets in. He does not have his own room at the performances. Stipe, Stipe will be in the Hall of Fame for sure. He's the greatest heavyweight of all time. Who else? Kamaru Usman when he decides to hang it up. For sure. Yeah. Well, is he? Yep. Is he 100% without question? Other than Anderson Silva, the most successful middleweight I think we've had. Yeah. Do you think Oliveira gets it? I think Oliveira, and that's a good person to bring up for a little talky talky because he came out today. Just have a look for this, Brian. Uh, he came out and he said that he's going to fight Islam Makachev later in the year. He said, I'll have one fight, one win. He said, and guaranteed, I will be fighting Islam Mahachev again. And he said, and I won't change a damn thing. He said, all that happened was I had a bad night. I had a bad night in the office. My workload was far too much. You know, I was overworked. I was stressed out. I had a bad night. Simple as that. Fair play to him. He said, but when I get my chance, I'm going to win one more fight. I will get an opportunity and I will make the most of it. And that's interesting. I mean, of course, he's going to say that because he's a fighter and he believes in himself. but. What do you think? Bad night at the office or beaten by a far superior fighter? So there was a certain sense of like, you know, like you were just saying, having like that massive team around you that could that could suck your energy out. Dude, he was rolling like 30 people deep in Abu Dhabi. You know what I mean? And they all had bleach blonde hair. It it becomes a bit of a circus at a certain point. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it can become a lot. And I get that you're heading into enemy territory. You've got 8 million Muslim brothers who are standing behind Islam. You want to feel like you have guys having your back. That does feel like quite a bit on fight week for the biggest fight of your life. Yeah. And again, it does detract from your energy. And my friends, uh, Nick, Pete, and Adam Catchell that I work with on BT Sport, they were there for that. And and to your point, they mentioned that. That's one of the things. They said, oh, my God, it really was a circus wherever Charles Oliveira went. And in fact, uh, I saw a video a couple of days ago, him down in Brazil for this fight card. I don't know if he was trying to go to the bathroom or whatever it was. And oh my God, he was just, it was like Elvis Presley or Michael Jackson was walking around. You know, I mean, that's the level of fame that he has now. But can't wait to see him get back. But if he wants that shot at Islam, Islam's going to beat Volkanovski because I'm not sure he'll be interested if there isn't a belt on the line. Um he also, I, I heard him say that, you know, he was saying, like, it makes sense. Benil is the fight right now that makes the most sense. He said he wasn't sure if that was the fight that he wanted to take. He was going to look at what makes the most sense for him. But if the UFC tell him that's the guy, then he said he's willing to fight. And when Benil came on last week, I think he called out Charles as well, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And hey, how, how about a bit of appreciation for Benil Dariush? I mean, what a guy last week. Granted potentially the worst Wi-Fi connection ever. I mean, the crackling <laughs> sound, it was painful. But what a guy. 
what a great guy. You know what I mean? A very personable, lovely fella. But in the Oxford, he's a monster. Him versus Charles Oliveira. Number one contender matchup right there. That could be the next challenge for uh, Islam if he gets through or Volkanovski. Speaking of uh, lightweight contenders, Michael Chandler. I don't know what it is about fighters. They don't like responding to text messages. Chandler's awesome, right? He's got back. He's like, yeah, let's do it. He said, I'm sorry, I am the worst. Because he, he said about coming on the show, I said, 100%, we'd love to have you. Thank you very much. And then I responded with some times and he never got back to me. Then he goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry, out the blue. Right, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, oh, yeah, don't worry, brother. I'm the same way. What about Monday? He said, oh, I can't do that. It's my son's birthday. Totally get it. Of course, family first. How about Thursday? No answer. <laughs> Anthony <laughs> Smith. You've seen it on the group text. Anthony Smith doesn't like to respond to a text message, right? A lot of these fighters don't like to respond to messages. Anthony <laughs> Smith, do better. Because if you're not going to host the show, then I'll get a guest. Anyway, um, what else, Harrington? Uh, big, big, big fight booking in the Bantamweight division. Uh, Piotr Jan versus Mirab Divashali. Uh, it said the headline, the March 11th part. Devalish. Devish. Devalishvili. Okay, Devalishvili. You've spelled never... that wrong, Devash, Devashali. That is not... I feel like you've eradicated some <laughs> syllables there. It's Devalishvili. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Um, I mean, geez. That is a good fight. It's a tough one for uh, Piotr Jan coming off, you know, well, two losses, one now to Aljamain and then Sugar Sean. Three, because he had the back-to-back losses to Aljamain. Yeah, true, true. I mean, Marab is is a spoiler. He's a beast. Who did he just beat last time? Jose Aldo, right? Salt Lake City, I believe. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's a monster. And that's probably a part of the reason Aljamain Sterling has been so successful. Because he has somebody like Marab by his side in the gym every single day, coming to fights with him. It's the perfect training partner. And you know what? When it comes down to it, you only need one. So Marab versus Piotr I think that's a tough fight for Piotr Jan. Certainly after off the back of three losses, confidence dwindling a little bit. And stylistically, Marab can do exactly what Aljamain did. Yeah, and I mean, we're talking now, like... Piotr Jan goes from a guy inside of, what, two years now? From somebody who I thought would be ruling the division for the next half a decade to somebody who now is back against the wall off of three losses and, and staring a big one in the face. That is, that is crazy just how quickly things can change in this sport. And yeah, like, like you said, I don't, see the, I don't necessarily see the path to victory. Uh, for Piotr, they're seeing, you know, twice what Aljamain's been able to do. And Mirab is, is by all accounts, that much more frightening. Mirab. Mirab. I mean, come on, dude. You're killing me with this pronunciation thing. Called the Arabs. Uh, <laughs> What's that? What was that? Boats and holes. Boats and holes. Uh, stepbrothers? Yeah, no, stepbrothers. Yeah, but boats and holes. How's it go? How's it go? Oh, Captain Mehab called it. Uh, God, oh, is it? I love that movie. I love <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, does do on. you think, do you think, by the way, though, him taking that fight against now, like he, he's continuing to take fights against these higher and higher ranked opponents? Is this the signal that Aljamain is calling it uh, in the Bantamweight division after this and is ready to move up to featherweight? Because if I'm him, knowing that there's no title fight at the end of this. I, uh, unless Aljamain is seriously considering leaving the division, I would never take a fight against Piotr Young. 
Well, well, no, no, but regardless of whatever Aljamain's doing, Marab still has to focus on his career first. He can't just co- constantly be a training partner, an understudy, carry his bags, and take fights which will determine that he doesn't fight his teammate. You know what I mean? They're all teammates, but at the end of the day, right, he wants what Aljamain's got. And yeah, they're, they're, he'll be loyal and all the rest of it, and they might say they'll never fight each other, but he's not going to continue to work his way up to put himself in a position to challenge for a belt. Speaking of Aljamain Sterling, though, you, you must have saw this talk with the torn bicep, uh-huh. right? He's saying that he's got a partially torn bicep and that the fight with Henry Cejudo can't take place or potentially can't take place anytime soon. What do you make of that? Because when he beat, and I'm not saying that he's stalling, but, and and listen, technically he's doing the right thing, but fighters just have a habit of sucking it up and going out there and getting the job done anyway. But when he beat Piorian the first time, then he had the next surgery, so he was out for a while. Then he beats him again, beats TJ, and then now he's saying he needs surgery once again. Do you think there's any scope for an interim bantamweight title if he takes a significant amount of time out? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think he knows that, too. Like, I think he actually came out and said, like, look, if you make an interim title, that's fine. Uh, he said that maybe a while ago with the with the when O'Malley was talking about it. But it's like, look, if you're him, his reasoning may, was sound to me. He's like, I'm supposed to be in a training room preparing for a wrestler. I can't get these underhooks. I can't, you know, run the pipe on these guys. I can't actually wrestling right wrestling itself with a partially torn bicep to the extent that he's saying it is it's just impossible so you know you 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 talk about it all the time you only get this time in the sun for so long you only get to be champion for for so long make the most of it while you can i don't fault anyone for being like look i've fought every contender known to man to get to this point you're getting me at my optimal or you're not getting me can't hate that no no absolutely no 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 fully agree and that's just being smart. You know what I mean? Allowing yourself to go into an octagon, not 100%. It's the ego that takes over. It's not wanting to miss that payday as well. But more importantly, you think, I can still do it. Yeah, I'm injured. Everyone's injured. We can still do it. To be brutally honest and smart is to say, no, I'm, I'm going to get repaired. But that should bring an interim title fight. And I think, I think the perfect scenario would be if, and it's a big if, Chito Vera can beat Corey Sandhagen, which is coming up soon. Cheeto versus O'Malley for the interim title. That would be amazing. And if Corey Sandhagen was to beat Cheeto, then Cheeto versus O'Malley. Because I think O'Malley's put himself in that position. Cheeto certainly has. But if Sandhagen can beat him, then of course, he'll take that position. I think that would be the way to go. And then... Well, of course, you've got Henry Cejudo that's going to muddy those waters a little bit. But I think I think the fact that he's been out for so long, he can't just come back and have... I mean, if he was going to fight Aljamain Sterling, great. But I wouldn't put him in the interim title fight because I think interim needs to go to a guy that's, you know, screwing away, but trying to earn those stripes. Al, uh, Cejudo, yeah, okay, granted, he retired as a two-weight division champion. We know all that stuff. But still, I just want to see Cheeto versus O'Malley again. And I want to see it for an interim belt. Call me... Call me whatever you want, and you will do in the comments, and you do, and I'll see you all. <laughs> and guess what? Keep that same energy when you see me to my face, bro. <laughs> uh, the only reason I would argue against that is because that is a rematch that is so star-studded, right, that we as fans have been dying to see literally since that first fight ended. 
right? People have been calling for the rematch there. I feel like the, the whoever is the champion should be getting pay-per-view points for that fight. Like, that's my yep. only argument against the interim title, is that one guy should be the belt holder for that, uh, to, to, to reap the, the, the fruits of their labor in yep, building yep. this fight. Yeah, sometimes you can still get pay-per-view points. It depends on the fighter, depends on the deal, depends on your manager. But it's not unheard of, you know what I mean? And, I, you know, I got pay-per-view points when I challenged for the belt. You know what I mean? Did you really? Oh, uh, yeah, I did. You know Damn. what I mean? You must you know, know the right people. Well, you must you know, play the right game. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, no, but no, but it, it, it is, it's, uh, a lot of things can be on a case-by-case basis. Yes, of course, there's... <laughs> Uh, a framework generally to how things happen, but that's not 100%, you know, how things always work. It's not you know, the be all and end all. Anyway, yeah. right, so Anthony Smith pissed off. I think Thursday, Thursday, we've got a couple of good guests lined up. Who've we got? We've got Mohammed McIve coming on, uh, mm. surging flyweight contender. He's hilarious. That's yeah. why I wanted to have him on. Honestly, he's, a, he's fighting at UFC London. He's hilarious, and he's got some funny little stories. He's a cheeky little scamp is what he is, and a hell of a fighter. Hopefully, we've got Michael Chandler for Thursday as well. Is he the massive gun enthusiast? I don't know. Maybe. Like I, have, I feel like I've seen him posing with like some pretty, like what I would call scary guns, what Sean Strickland yeah. would call shower guns. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sean Strickland <laughs> says, what's more American than, uh, what was it? What, what's more Showering American? with your AK-47. And an AK-47 is a Russian gun, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, it is. Yeah, so what's more American than showering with an AK-47 with a Russian gun? Well, maybe with a Smith & Weston. That would be more American. Cold 45, <laughs> baby. If you got to be dumb, you got to be dumb. There we go. Uh, shout out, Sean. He is fun, though. I do love oh. Sean. He's absolutely hilarious. All right, today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, BetterHelp offers professional counseling done securely online. So if there's something bothering you that you're thinking about constantly that's stopping you from achieving your goals, if there's something that's just worrying you sick, if you've got a temper that's messing up your life, if you've got an addiction issue, if you can't stop drinking, if you're riddled with anxiety, or if there's just someone you need to talk to because you're grief-stricken, there's something that's going on, Speaking to somebody will help. Speaking to a licensed professional counselor will help even more. And that's what BetterHelp is. It's not a crisis line or any crack, any whack doctors. No, it's professional counseling done securely online. And BetterHelp is also committed to finding you the right match. If you don't like the person you're talking to, I don't mean not like, we've just not bonding, not gelling. You, you don't find that your personalities are clicking push of a button, you can change to somebody else. Over 1 million people have taken charge of their mental health using BetterHelp and financial aid is also available if you qualify. So become the best version of yourself. Put those skeletons in your closet to rest. Stop flipping out. Get a hold of your anxiety. Quit drinking. Stop the cigarettes. Stop your temper tantrums and stop worrying. Whatever it is, speak to somebody betterhelp.com slash believe. They're so popular right now because they're doing such a great job. They're actually hiring more counselors, okay, in all 50 states, okay? So betterhelp.com slash believe. Got to get 10% off your first month. You will thank me if you see me in person for doing this because it takes a lot of balls to do it, but you know deep down inside yourself if you've got an issue that needs handling. 
you know, finding someone can be time consuming. So just go to betterhelp.com slash believe, save 10% and start on your journey to become the best version of you. Start on your journey to not having these worries to where you're being your own worst enemy. You know, that, that that's it in a nutshell. We are all our own worst enemies, you know, help those issues, help you to help yourself by going to betterhelp.com slash believe, save 10% and all the best. Uh, all right, Jake Paul. Set to box Tommy Fury. Not going to talk about that at length. You know, he'll probably smoke Tommy Fury, to be fair. Raul Rosas Jr. added to UFC 278, getting the pay-per-view treatment again. Christian Rodriguez, that's nice. UFC reportedly booking Bobby Green and Jared Gordon. Tough fight for Jared there. I mean, one that he could win, but Bobby's just so fast and dynamic. Bobby's a tough fight for anyone. Who did he last lose to? What was his last? Drew Dober. Loss? Oh, Drew Dober, of course, yeah. And he was doing so good in that fight, weren't he? Because he, he was, was so brilliant. fast and he was pimping him and he was picking him apart and he was landing at will. And then Dober gets in and lands that shot and puts him to sleep. And poor old Bobby. We've had Bobby on the show a million times. Well, not a million times, maybe twice <laughs> or three, <laughs> three maybe. Um, but he spoke about the tough, the hardships of his life. You know what I mean? And you can't help but root for a guy like that, you know? And then to see him and he, he got knocked out and, and he was like, what happened? What happened? But he was so cool about it. Literally within seconds, he was like, all right, come here, give, give me a hug. It was like, son of a bitch, whatever. So that was cool to see. So Bobby Green, Jared Gordon, uh, Fazeev. I guess I, I guess we got to go through this and then we'll get to some questions because I feel Fazeev, uh, we told Phuket Top Team's version of events that apparently... He left and didn't pay some rent at the house. And we didn't say it from a nasty perspective. It was just a funny story to talk about. But Fazeev has come out and given his side of the story. It's only fair that we allow him to clear his name. So, Harrington. Uh, so, he came out and said that he did train there quite a bit. He was living there. They offered him room and board as part of the agreement. And the deal was they would take 10% of his fight purse. He said he won a few tournaments uh, when he was uh, fighting Muay Thai. And they the percentage that they took was much larger than the agreed upon 10%. And he said he never said a word about it because he just appreciated, you know, being able to live there, the whole lifestyle, the whole thing. Uh, eventually, there came a situation where he was injured and he couldn't uh, he couldn't compete anymore. So he needed to take a job at another uh, uh, institute out there. I believe it was Tiger Muay Thai uh, to go there as a teacher. And that made them leave on not the best of terms. But he's yeah. like, look, I had to do what I had to do to feed my family. These guys have been coming after me ever since. Now they're making up some story about me owing somebody money for, for staying there. And it's all nonsense. Well, it's all he said, she said, whatever. You know what I mean? We'll never know. Two sides of the argument. We just thought, I just thought it was only fair that we allow you to say his side as well. So anyway, whatever. Uh, Phuket top team, great guys. Fazeev, he's got a, a hell of a fight coming up with Justin Gagey. Did we talk about that? Gagey uh, and Fazeev. Yes, we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, co-main event, UFC London. That's great. I tell you what, we got some great fight cards coming up because what have we got? Is there fights this weekend? There isn't, right? We've got yeah, that off. This weekend. But then we, next week, the week after February 4th, we've got Derek Lewis versus Sergey sure. Spivak. That's the main event. And then it's kind of a Korean showcase. Week after, we've got uh, the pay-per-view down in Australia. We've got John Jones coming up shortly after that. Oh, here yep. we go. Yeah, Tito. Lewis, Makachev, Volkanovsky, Vera Sandagen, another one. Jones versus Garn, Young versus Devalishvili, 
Edwards versus Usman three. And then a fight night, 325. I think that's San Antonio, Texas. I'll be there. You know, out of all of them, I'm working. One, two, three, four, six. There's only eight on there. I'm working six of the eight, and I'll be doing the other ones for BT Sport as well. So it's a busy time coming up. But I'll You're going to Australia? I'm going to Australia. Australia and London within a month of each other. That's a... You oh, know. no, no, no. Hold on. I'm going Australia, London. I'm doing, yeah, I'm all over the bloody place. San Antonio, Vegas. No, I'm doing Vegas. The fight doesn't start till 1 a.m. in the morning. Right? <laughs> That's a Which, wild one. But then I've got to drive home in the middle of the night. So I'll get on at like 6, 7 in the morning. That day, I've got to fly to Australia, do that, come back, one at the apex, one in San Antonio, fly to London. It's, it's going to be a lot. I'm not complaining now. I'm very, very blessed. Very blessed. Anyway, enough of that. Enough of me. Waffling, we know, you know. If you want to send questions in, please do so to bympod at gmail.com. Come on, send them in. Abusers, questioners, testers, put us to the limit. Harrington. If you're enjoying the show on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find podcasts, make sure you subscribe to the show and you leave a five-star rating, positive review. Haven't checked in on those in a while, but they do help the show out. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed to the channel and you hit that notification bell to find out whenever a new episode comes out. Also, if you want to catch over 400 episodes completely ad-free and uncensored, head to gasdigitalnetwork.com. Use the promo code BYM. Get yourself a seven-day free trial. Check out over 20 great shows on the network. All right, Brian. All right. What do we have? So we got a question here from uh, Richard Warwick. And uh, just a warning, he is a ginger. Oh, geez. He's a proper ginger. <laughs> hey, guys. Richard here, coming from the beautiful mountains of South Wales. I want to ask Bisping how he feels about Sharaputkin Madamedov signing for the UFC, even though he's blind in one eye. I also want to ask when you're getting Jack Shaw on the podcast. And I want to say, fuck you, Harrington. You look like a homeless Kenny Florian. Thank you. It's coming That's from not... you? From you? Want to call me homeless looking? Well, Come well, well, on, you, man. D- you don't insult the guests. That's not part of your job here. I All thought right. a homeless a homeless Kenny Florian that, that's been on. Not a hungry Kenny Florian. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, cheers, mate. Big shout out to the Welsh. Boy, yours, don't you know? He's coming at us from the Welsh mountains. And he had a question for me, you know. This is how they talk in the valleys. Uh, cheers, mate. So, he, do you know what? It's funny he mentions that because I, obviously, you know, I said, oh, you can't fight with one eye. I was joking and all the rest of it. And I saw in the comments or a tweet, said, oh, the UFC just signed somebody with one eye. And now he just mentioned it. I'm not familiar with the name. Can you just look this up? Because if this is accurate if it's true because and, and this goes back to what i was saying about what's his name the young man nick newell i believe I, I was kind of annoyed i'm like how can he fight with one hand but i can't fight with one eye you know and now there's a guy signed with one eye which, which maybe he's not going to fight in the states because the athletic commissions generally don't allow well, well i know for a fact i know for a fact it caused me m- much stress and sleepless nights but have you found anything, Harrington, whilst I've been filling out? No, so I do know about this guy. I've seen uh, I, I've seen some highlights of him, and he's popped up on my timeline for just random things. I don't know if it's confirmed uh, that he's blind, but, I mean, if you if you look at a picture of this guy, his, uh, his eye is super milky. I put the name in the chat 
uh, Brian, if you want to bring up an image of him. But it, I mean, to all, it, like, it looks like he's blind, but I haven't, I, I can't find anything that's saying, like, he's confirmed blind in one Yeah, eye. yeah. Well, well, let's take a look at that picture, uh, Brian, please, if you don't mind. Sharaputdin Magomedov. Mm-hmm. Sharaputdin Magomedov. Can we zoom it in? Right. So, which one he saying is milky? The one on his right so, side? Uh, yeah, his right side. Hold on, let's just see. Brian's going to bring up a better picture. Yeah, I mean, these are all kind of small and, and hard to see. But, yeah, I mean, if you... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. But, well, the thing is as well that would lead me to believe uh, is that it's looking outwards as well. Because what happens is... is um, if you can't see anything, if it's not focusing on anything, then the brain doesn't tell the muscles to keep it looking that direction. So it just relaxes and it looks away. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. uh, initially when my eye started having issues, what it did was, because it wasn't completely blind at first. Hold on, let's have a look there. Again, yeah, it does look very milky in the middle. So has he been signed? Has he been signed by the UFC? Yeah, he's 17 and 0. He's signed by Ali Abdelziz. And uh Ali made like a big, you know, showing when he got the the name on the dotted line there. 17 and 0 prospect out of Russia. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, you can say it's not easy, it's not hard, but if you're used to it, if he's had that for a very, very long time, you you can adapt your style. And then obviously he's from Russia, he's probably gonna have a great wrestling base. Once he gets his hands on somebody, management control, range depth of motion and all the rest of it isn't really going to matter. Uh, but still, still, it's very curious. I can't imagine. I think he'd have a hard time getting licensed in, in certainly in New York or Las Vegas or, or California or any of the states for the most part. The, 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 the test requirement is 2200 vision in each eye. And 2200 vision, by the way, is still classed as clinically blind. But you, that's what you've got. To, that's the benchmark you have to pass. So it's so not it's, very hard. It's not what? very hard. But but if you can't see, it's impossible. So it's like there's twenty twenty. You're saying twenty one hundred is the is the no no twenty two hundred. So twenty twenty vision. So oh, if, if you look, you know the, uh, the an eye chart, the eye mm-hmm. test. If you're looking at one of them, twenty twenty vision is you're able to read all of it. I think. Or, or to down to a certain level, but the majority of it, twenty two hundred vision. All you're going to be able to read is, and this is easy. You got the big letter at the top. Let's say it's a letter A. It's a big, huge letter A. Underneath that, you got two letters. Let's say it's B and C. That's all you've got to be able to read for twenty two hundred vision. So it's not hard. And if you can't read that, you can't fight, and that's classed as clinically blind. It also makes it very easy. If one wanted to cheat the test, because you've only got to memorize three letters. <laughs> I'm not saying how I know that. I'm not saying how that becomes in very handy. Okay. I'm not, I'm just saying that if someone was of the mind where they wanted to cheat the test and they were able to look at said test first, because the doctor didn't know you were trying to cheat it and didn't have a suspicious mind about you and generally just thought you were checking on the welfare of your eyes. And if perhaps that doctor walked out the room and left you in there by yourself, one could memorize that test. Just saying. But Magomed, Magomedmov, or whatever his name is, all the best to him. I wish him nothing but the best of luck. Anyway, all right. That was a good question. All right. So now we have uh, another question in the same-ish vein. This one's an audio question from Tor. 
Adam from sunny England, a uh, huge fan of the podcast, massive fan of the legend that is Michael Bisping. Uh, my question is for Mike. Um, so bear with me. Sounds like a fucking stupid question. But do you think losing sight in one eye and that injury actually made you a better fighter? Now, obviously, that's fucking nonsense physiologically. But you then went on to become the middleweight champ. You defended it. You fought some fucking beasts during that time. Um, so I'm just wondering if something changed in your approach to fights mentally and your training and how you just dealt with that that made you level up because obviously then you went on to do some amazing things which shouldn't really have worked so yeah just interested to hear your thoughts and um yeah be keen to see what you think about that if you ever thought about it um love the pod uh you guys are great anthony hope you're on time and harrington just fucking chin up man these guys aren't that hard bye oh, oh. uh thank uh, that was adam right i believe Thank you, Adam. Appreciate that. Very kind. It's always weird. You know, obviously you said some very, very nice things there. People don't want to hear me banging on about that. Oh, God, here he goes again. But to answer your question real quick, yeah, obviously in terms of ability, it's a massive hindrance. You know, it really is. And I had to completely change my style. In fact, I used to use my jab a lot. I never knew this Anthony Evers that wrote my book for me. He looked at the stats from, from when my eye injury occurred before to after the stats of how much I used my jab was massively less because, you know, it's a long range attack and I didn't have the, uh, the depth of vision, you know? So, so what I did was essentially, cause I still wanted to fight. I had to fight. I wasn't financially in a position. I didn't have a successful podcast like I do now and all these other opportunities. I wasn't commentating the UFC. And at that time I was like, crap, I've just moved out to the States. I've just bought this big, stupid house. Right. That's, that's, and I've got this ridiculously expensive lawsuit going on right now. I am not in a position to be able to hang the gloves up and walk away from this. If this stops right here, right now, I'll be going back to Clindero with my tail between my legs because we can't afford to stay here. We can't afford to live here. I haven't got opportunities set up and we've just bought this stupid house and all that, you know, and, and the lawsuit, the, the fees for the lawsuit was astronomical which incidentally I might hopefully be getting back anyway. Uh, but that's a long, that's another story. So I had to fight and through whatever means necessary, I made that a reality. And of course I was, I was affected ability wise. So I had to make sure that in every other aspect, I was 110%, whether that be technically, whether that be my grappling, my jujitsu, my conditioning, my mental focus, all the rest of it. I had to make sure, okay, so I'm at a massive disability because I've only got one eye. So everything else has to be as good as I can possibly make it because, okay, all right, maybe before you could get lazy, you know what I mean, rest on your talents and all the rest of it. Well, now I'm going into every fight at a huge disadvantage. So I've got to make the things that I am good at even better so I can be the best version of myself. So thank you for the question. There it is. Enough about me. You're all like, oh, God, can Anthony just get back on? Can you just tell Harrington <laughs> to fuck off and stop talking about yourself? Brian, what else, buddy? We got one more question from a guy who really gets it. This guy's name is Langtree Furbish. Hold on, hold on, okay. hold on. When you say a guy that really gets it, I'm assuming what are your, what's your bet, Harrington, that this is, involves a lot of abuse at you? Uh, no, no, no. I think, I think this guy is, uh, he wrote like a three-act play that he's about to put out, right? Like he gets the show. He understands everything that we do here. No, you're, wrong. No, you're both wrong. Check <laughs> this out. Hello to the guys with the best MMA podcast on the planet. I heard that the time is pretty limited, so I'm going to try to make this as quick as possible for Michael that doesn't like hearing long questions. First, Michael, I have a question for you. What is that thing that you have in the background of your setup for your, for your YouTube channel? There's 
one thing they have next to the Hall of Fame thing that is like a face thing with lights and shit. I want to know what it is. Second, guys, Anthony and, and and Michael, what are the the what is the the most painful single strike you've been hit with? Thank you for your time. Well, thank you very much for the question. But you know what would have made it even shorter if you just got straight to the goddamn bloody point and not explain why you were talking like this and why you're just going straight to the point and talking really fast because you were talking so fast at one point it was making it really hard to understand. I mean, if you just got to the bloody question and asked asked it in a normal speed and just got right to the point, <laughs> it would have been shorter. Uh, no, thanks for your question, buddy. I appreciated it. Yeah, yeah. Adding a bit of humor. What did he say? I was too busy mocking him. Uh, he was saying he's trying out for his auctioneer's license. Did he really? Oh, no. <laughs> he wants to know <laughs> about the NFT frame that you oh, have. Oh, is that what it was? Yes. Yeah, so this is an NFT from Block Asset. You can't see it now because it's not on there. Is he talking? Oh, there it is. A little NFT from Block Asset. Then we've got the Hall of Fame thing there. Then we got an award from a documentary. Then that's a very uh, unconvincing ram's skull with horns. From Hobby Lobby. Hobby oh. Bloody Lobby of all places. There's a guy who wants to send us all actual, like, cattle skulls or ram skulls, and I'm trying to get him to send them, so you might have hey, a real ask him. What was that actor called? We bought this uh, big, big it's antlers. It's gigantic. It's antlers and, like, a, a moose head or something. Okay. But it's, like, 150 years old. But it's made of, it's carved out of wood, but the antlers are real. And it belonged to some some famous actor, but he, his wife died or he died or something. It ended up in this antique store. And it's sick. We love it. It's so creepy, really creepy. And we had it, you know, when you walk downstairs, when you walk down the stairs, there's like a bit of a wall above you that your head goes under. Uh -huh. We put it there. But the problem so was the... you never see it. No one ever sees it. They were like, the only people that see it is us when we walk downstairs in the morning. For a split second, oh, yeah, those antlers look cool. But no one ever sees them, so we took them down the pride of place in the house. But uh, all right. What do you do for the rest of the week, Harrington? Uh, I don't know. I have no clue. I have no clue what happens day to day in my life. I just, where my girlfriend tells me I got to go, that's where I go. When Brian tells me I got to show up to a thing, that's how it works. <laughs> right, listen, listen, I get it. She's pregnant, right? You're being a supportive husband. What? I'm what? I'm telling you I'm being irresponsible, if anything. <laughs> why, why are you being irresponsible? Because I don't know what my schedule is for the rest of the week. What's your schedule for the rest of the week? Mine? Yeah. I know damn well what my schedule is. I can attest to Mike's uh, irresponsibility for <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm just going to say, you've, you've got to establish a bit of authority here, though. Right? You want to be supportive. She's, she's pregnant. She's going through a lot. She's got a huge moment in her life coming up soon, and you want to be there and be as supportive as possible. But you've also got to establish some ground rules and, and a bit of respect on both sides and say, listen, I get it. You're going through a lot. But this is also an exciting time for me, right? This is going to be a life-changing moment. I don't want to be forever think of this period in our life as the time when you just treated me like a bloody dustbin. And shit on me and bullied me around and, and shouted at me. I get you're going through a lot of hormonal changes right now, Alex, but you've really got to, you know, this is a two way street. You know what I mean? Some men can have babies now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I agree with Mike. You should definitely hit her more. Whoa, 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 whoa. Brian. It's I mean, a joke. It's a joke. If she joke. gets the coffee wrong, of course. <laughs> <laughs>
we, we've had this many, we've talked about this many times, but Saturday morning I was at the gym and I'm doing the stepper machine. You know the stepper machines? That's yeah. my new favorite thing, by the way. I am loving. I know it's a bit girly. Are you talking about the Stairmaster or the, the stair water? climber? The stair okay, master. yeah, yeah. The stair is that much yeah, better on your knees than running? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And the good thing, the good thing is, because I'm doing before when I do my work, I'm doing thirty minutes on the stairmaster, right? And I sweat like a bloody maniac. I've got a pretty good pace, and it's a good workout. My legs kill afterwards, but it's, there's no impact on my knees. But I found, and this is in revolutionary. People go, "Yeah, Michael, we all do this," but I've only just started doing it. When I'm working out, I always listen to music, right? Because it gets me going. But even though if I'm running, it's okay because I'm outside, I'm in nature, and that's fine. But in a gym, on a treadmill, on a Stairmaster, whatever cardio piece of equipment it is, you're all just counting down. the minutes. You want it to end, right? I hate working out on a piece of cardio machine in a gym because it's so unfulfilling. It's, it's annoying, right? You want the time to go down. And certainly with the music on, you're still looking at the clock going, oh, God. I've just been watching YouTube videos, man. The time flies by. I swear, oh. I've been in 30 minutes on that Stairmaster, and people are probably like, yeah, Michael, we all do that. But there's a little ledge. I just put my phone on there. I watch a bunch of YouTube videos. And before I know it, 30 minutes, I swear, it's gone like that. Uh, and one that came up <laughs> was that video. I think it was Barbara Walters and Sean Connery when he was talking about <laughs> slapping her. We talked about this recently, but the full interview is just hilarious. It's great. Talk about a guy who just did not give an F. Did not care. Did not care. Still, anyway, that's the show, guys. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Anthony Smith will be back for the full episode. Of course, he just got back from Brazil. Literally just walked in now. So fair play. Thank you, Anthony. Get some rest. Thank you all for supporting the show. We truly, truly uh, appreciate you all. We're growing massively. You know what I just, you know what just dawned on me the other day, Harrington? I think out of all fighters, our, our podcast, is probably the, the, the most popular and the best. I oh. look at those numbers all the time, and I believe you're correct. I don't, I don't think any fighter has a podcast that comes close to us. So the point I'm saying is I'm not thanking me. I'm thanking you guys. I'm thanking you, Harrington, and you, Brian, as well, because the show wouldn't be what it is without you two. It's a great dynamic. I know everyone thinks I bust your balls. I say very nice things to you, especially off the air. Off the air, the act stops. You know what I mean? The abuse stops. Yeah, you but, are actually way kinder off, Mike, but I can't believe you just realized this. I've been telling you for years, this is the best MMA podcast on the planet. Well, I don't know about the best. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's others out there. But people like it the most. Well, uh, it's it's it, it's it's doing all right. But thank you all very much. We appreciate you. Anthony will be back Thursday. Fingers crossed. We've got Michael Chandler, Mohammed McCarthy will be on for sure. Uh, if not Chandler, you know he'll probably respond to the text in two months. Uh, we'll have someone else. We'll have some good guests back on Thursday as well as Anthony Smith. Aaron and Brian will be on as well. Till then, you guys take care.